Welcome to Lax Attack. I'm your host, Tyler Beck. I have my guest host, Justin Sienkowski, in with me today. How's it going? And we have goalie Matt Alamang with us from MSU Lacrosse and senior defenseman and captain Mike Klaus with us. Matt Alamang's a captain, too. But <laughs> um, So we're just going to talk a little lacrosse with these guys, see how the season's going with them, and they got a big rivalry game tomorrow against Davenport. So how are you guys feeling about it? Feeling good. I mean, Coach has us really prepared, scouting reports, practice dedicated to, uh, you know, what strategies we want to put in place, and overall it's coming together. I think we're going to, you know, play to our ability, play Michigan State lacrosse, and give them a good game. Yeah, it's always fun when we get to play uh, in-state rival. You know, this rivalry was kind of uh, made, it, you know, it hasn't been a lot around for that long. It's not really in a lot of other sports, but um, we take it to heart. You know, they had a lot of talk on different publications for their school, so we really took that to heart last year, and uh, they said they were going to dethrone us or whatever from the uh, CCLA. So we took it to heart. You know, we take it as a, it's a big business uh, business game for us. You know, we take it seriously and want to come out there and uh, play our best for sure. They gave you guys bulletin board material last year? Yeah, it was um, some guys from, what was it, 412 Lex and just different uh, lacrosse publications across, like, the Twitter sphere. You were saying, you know, Michigan State's time's done in the CCLA. They, you know, they had their run. Uh, but Davenport's really come along as, you know, this offensive powerhouse team. And um, they're going to be the ones that take the reins from Michigan State. So we took that to heart last year, and we beat them 11-1. So it was, a, you know, it was really satisfying for <laughs> us to come in and show what we had uh show our defensive prowess, and obviously our offense put the ball in the back of the net 11 times. So, I mean. I think it was definitely a statement game for us. Uh, not a lot of people really knew who we were at that point in the year. So to hold one of the highest scoring teams in the country to one goal last year was something that kind of opened eyes around the country. So not only was winning and, and being able to, uh, you know, have the bragging rights for a year to be great, but also to open the eyes around the country was great as well. All right, so I talked to your coach earlier this season, and he emphasized taking it, you know, one week at a time, one game at a time. But I got to ask you guys: uh, Have you guys had this game circle a little bit? Because it's a key matchup in the conference. So is this a game that not that you guys have looked forward to, but you guys have thought about a little bit? You know, luckily for us, uh, uh, our last opponent was a very uh, well-respected opponent, um, Minnesota Duluth. You know, they're top in their conference. Can't remember what the name of their conference is um, off the top of my head, but. They're always uh, in and out of the tournament every other year or almost every year they're in the uh, national tournament. So luckily for us, I think what Coach preached, um, especially these past two weeks, definitely uh, was just one game at a time, one focus at a time. Um, And I think Matt and I especially and a lot of other guys on the team uh, that are upperclassmen learned last year what happens when you look past the team because we uh, fell short against uh, Simon Fraser last year a game we should not have lost, um, just didn't play well. And as you say, we were looking forward to games down the road, the tournament, you know. Um, so we've really retooled and refocused our energy um, as, like Coach said, one game at a time because that's the only way you can um, have that consistency that it takes to be a great team. It's definitely in the back of your mind. I mean, by no means do we forget everything else on our schedule, but really with scouting reports and, I mean, as soon as – we're done with the game. We're looking at the next next one. Really, nothing further. Um, I can tell you after Duluth, as soon as that clock hit zero, I mean Davenport was immediately you know p- puts in the center of my attention. Um, but that being said, like Mike said, with last year, that was I mean that was really eye opening to us to 
realize that we can't just look past teams and expect to win. We can't just show up. We really got to focus one team at a time. So even though it's, it's in the back of our mind, you know, being a key conference matchup, typically the one that gets the one seed going into the conference tournament, um, definitely on our minds. But, you know, that lesson last year definitely kept our, our focus straight. I think it's pretty incredible how you guys have been able to keep your focus this year considering how young your team is. I mean, Coach Wynn was telling me there's only five seniors on the roster this year. And, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys are any better than you were last year, but at least you guys are as good as you were last year, if not better. So how how has that factored in with the youth of your team being able to focus this year? How have you guys been able to do that? You know, uh, it's been difficult just trying to get everyone, you know, on the same page at, toward the beginning of the year. But, I mean just it's been such a joy seeing young kids step up step in and fill fill their roles I mean we got a def a defenseman who's a freshman he's starting now just because various injuries that we've had I mean we've had three upperclassmen defensemen have career-ending injuries this year so uh, definitely dealing with a lot of adversity um, but you know I think a lot of that has to do with um, I'm going to give a lot of that credit to coach Schwinn and his system and Basically, him telling you everyone on the team, regardless, you know, one, one through forty, however many guys we have on the team, we all have a role to play. Everyone has their job, and I really have to give that credit to Coach Schwind and his philosophy of, you know, next man up. You know, you're not just a freshman anymore. Like you're a you're a cog in this system. You're a cog that we need uh, you to step up. And um, it's been great just to see how the maturity of all these freshmen coming in and. Um, having their roles maybe a little bit redefined, but you know they're taking it in stride, and it's been great to see. I think to tag on to that system being the key word um, to take out of what's been different between this year and last year. Last year was coach's first year, had a lot of older guys returning, um, you know, not the biggest recruiting class for that year. The freshmen are a little bit smaller. So I think you know we had a lot of individuals last year that were outstanding, seven All-Americans, only three returning. Um, I think those individuals still pushed us and led us throughout the season, whereas this year, I mean, really, like Mike said, everybody has a role. Everybody's buying in, and you know, being so young, they're very, I mean, they're easy to influence and to shape into what you want. So having a younger team, I mean, we only have five seniors, I think eight to ten juniors. I mean, having a, a core group that are younger that we can shape has really defined our success so far. And like, you know, like Mike said, really just putting it up to Coach Win and to you know, put the system together that's going to work for our team and pushing us to stick to it. And as long as on our side that we have the buy-in, it's going to pay off. And I think thus far it definitely has. I mean, when you get people to buy into a system like that, especially with a new coach, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, they talk about in football all the time, if you're a backup quarterback, you're always one play away. And sometimes, you know, you don't see the field for a whole season. Sometimes you see it in the first game. So I think that's pretty remarkable that you get the players to buy into that, especially, like you said, with three career-ending injuries. Yeah, and uh, one of those being um, a senior, too, uh, Danny Birkenpas, who was my roommate. He tore his ACL in the first game, first scrimmage, actually. Yep. It, was, it wasn't even a game, so he didn't get to play. And then we had um, Tobin Egger have too many concussions, so he's out. Jamie Hay, another knee injury, so he's out. So, um, like I said, it's just that next, up, next man up mentality and – like everyone has bought like Matt was saying earlier everyone's really bought into it and you know and you'll have people like help helping others you know make up for a little bit of the slack until they do get comfortable in that role and I've seen you know all these kids step up and their confidence over the past 
three or four weeks just skyrocket. I mean, obviously, you're a freshman. That game is going so fast for you. You know, it's bang, bang, bang. You know, everyone is just a little bit faster, a little bit better with ball handling, a little bit quicker in their decision-making in the college game compared to high school. Um, so, you know, it does take them a while to get integrated into a system and, you know, get their head on straight, but um, we've really had kids step up, so it's been great. All right, well, I'm I'm pretty excited to have both of you in here because, Mike, you're a defenseman and Matt, you're the goalie, so it's a little bit different perspective because I, I had Charlie in here last week and, you know, he's a midi, so he's a little bit more into the attack side. And Davenport coming in has three really good attackmen. I mean, they all average at least three points a game and over a goal and an assist per game. So what do you guys have to do as a team to keep them in check tomorrow? Uh, yeah, they have, I mean, one specifically, Don Bogiano, number five. He's uh, he's in the top ten. I think he's about six in the country in terms of points per game, over five points per game. Um, so, I mean, he's an incredible lacrosse player, just very active off ball, likes to move around a lot, very quick. He's a little bit shorter of a guy, but, I mean, you can't underestimate. You know, lacrosse is one of those games where you can be you can be a big guy and score, you can be a little guy and score. That's the great thing about this game, you know. There's a lot of different options of uh, how you can become a great scorer. So for him, I mean, we just have to be aware of where he is all the time on the field. And like you said, three other ta- or two other attackmen and their middies are, are good as well. They've always kind of prided themselves on the ability to score and put the ball in the net. Um so I think uh, for Matt and I and the rest of our defense, you know, that, that comes as a great challenge. And, you know, I love playing these kind of games where it's, you know, strength versus strength. I believe that our strength, at least the last two years, and Coach Schwinn, because he's a defensive-minded coach, has always been, you know, our, our focus is defense. You know, we'll get stops, we'll get clears, and then our offense will take care of moving the ball around and then scoring. But it's definitely more focused defensively. So I like I said, strength versus strength, it's going to be a great game um, just to see how, you know, how we measure up. And I think um, throughout this year, you know, our defense has been a little less consistent than it was last year. But, you know, part of that being injuries and new people filling in. But um, I think we're still around six goals a game against, which is very solid. So it's going to be good to see. Yeah, I guess in addition to that, um, they have phenomenal attackmen. They always have the past couple of years, even watching them. The majority of their points come out of there, um, you know, three guys down low. So that being said, it's easy to get intimidated by the points they put up per game. But sticking to the fundamentals and doing what we do best is really what's going to, you know, get us through this game. I mean, it's it's hard not to want to adjust everything around their attackmen and to, um, you know, really employ a strategy that's going to shut them down completely. Um, it's definitely something we have in mind to try and stop them, trying to limit their goals, but really just sticking to what we know how to do best because that's worked for us thus far. And, you know, with wins um, against Colorado, to lose some ranked teams, just playing our defense and being able to dictate what the offense is going to do has proven a lot of success for us. So that's kind of my add-on to the part. But um, I really think that even though they have great attackmen, as long as we stick to Michigan State lacrosse, Michigan State defense, uh, we can keep them in check. All right. Excuse me. Uh, now I gotta ask you guys both this, uh, and then you can each have your turn answering. Mike, have you ever scored a goal in, uh, like, in a game? Uh, not in college yet, so far. But I did score one in uh, high school. It was pretty cool. My senior year. Um, yeah, you know, you don't get too many opportunities. You know, on a clear maybe or on a, a broken play where there's a, 
you get a ground ball over the over the midline and you can run it down. Um, I think I had one assist last year, something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you, it's always a defense defenseman's uh, dream to be able to to rip a shot and have it go in. And um, you know, I'm hoping that I can get that opportunity in some some game this year. But uh, yeah, I mean, your your eyes light up, and I know Matt's uh, run run across that 50 yard line, and his eyes get huge. Obviously, trying to, I mean, if your goalie scores, man, oh, your team gets so hyped up. So. I'm waiting to watch you go coast to coast. I mean, I, I don't know if you have that ability because I haven't been following you all that long, but is that something that you've done in your career at State? So at State, uh, unfortunately, I've not. Coming in freshman year, I split time. Uh, I was a freshman. was still kind of adjusting to the game. Saw every game except for, I think, one that year, but really wasn't uh, comfortable yet. And coming into my sophomore year, I was much more comfortable saving the ball and clearing the ball. Last year, we took a trip to out east, was it? Um, played the Virginia Tech and Clemson. Mm-hmm. So in those games, actually, uh, Virginia Tech had a drop-back ride, and I saw Elaine took it, and uh, I actually hit the post. I mean, I had a wide-open shot, and I just, I mean, I beat the goalie, but just hit the pipe square. Um, like Mike said, you get big guys going over the 50-yard line. I mean, it's definitely a momentum swing if you can make it happen. Uh, that being said, if it's not there, I don't want to force it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt yourself. It's obviously a, a target for all defensemen and anybody on the field is if the goalie's out. To, uh, to take a swig at him, that's your chance, because when he's not in the crease, you're, you're able to do so. For me, um, I was a little bummed when I didn't score last year, but, I mean, looking back at it, knowing that I have the ability, and if the opportunity comes again, I can make it happen. Coach jokes around and calls me the, uh, the white giraffe, um, <laughs> because when I get chased in a game, I'm one of the fastest defensemen on the team. It's just a, a streak of white. I don't know if it's my pale skin or what, but uh, <laughs> like, a, like a giraffe being chased by a predator, I can... Uh, turn on the wheels when it matters so he calls me the white giraffe I know I have the ability but no point forcing it if it's gonna you know lead a goal against us or an injury to me so definitely have in the back of my head if it's uh the opportunity is there but we'll see I'd like to but yeah we'll see how it goes going off that I mean it's tough to you want to you do want to make your mark offensively but uh you know you got to have in your mind also like you know that's our attackman and that's our midi's job to score goals and you know, we don't want them trying to do our job so much. So, you know, we're going to give the ball up to them unless, like Matt was saying, like it's a great look. But, um, you know, maybe that opportunity will present itself uh, this week. So we'll see. All right, Matt, what did Coach say to you after you bounced that shot off the post? Uh, you know, I was running back, and every time I, I take a run up the field, I hear a green light call. So it means if I'm approaching the 50-yard line, nobody's open. Green light means take it. You can go. I'm way back. Um, I mean, this is exactly what he wanted. He wanted a high shot, so in case I do miss the net, uh, you know, it goes over. Thankfully, with the bounce off the post, we were able to get it. He wasn't mad. He was uh, actually very supportive. He knew that if he had to, he could call a timeout in case that you know I got into trouble and I started you know getting surrounded and it was going to cause a turnover. So he was very supportive of it, especially if you know they're going to let me uh, test my athletic ability. Definitely willing to uh, to show him what I got. So he was really very supportive of it and always has been. Uh, like I said, with the green light call, and you know, like he always says, you know, I have timeouts. If you need to take them, take it up the field. It clears what matters. So that's kind of how he responded. Very positive. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Mike. I think that you definitely need to leave the offense to the middies and the attackmen. But I mean, if you get that chance, why not? I mean, cause yeah, absolutely. I mean, you gotta. I mean, I've always kind of been a defensive-minded player, whether it was football, lacrosse, um, baseball. I was a catcher, you know. You know, a lot of times the other positions get the glory, right? I mean, attackmen putting up all the numbers, obviously, and they get all the press and all the hype. Um, 
you know, that doesn't really bother me overall, honestly. I, I love just being a team player, you know, just doing my job. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to get your, your name in the headlines every once in a while. So if I get that chance, you know, I'm taking it. I mean, that's definitely, like, noteworthy when someone does that. If I've only ever seen a goalie take it coast-to-coast in, like, the NCAA level or anything mm-hmm. like that. I've only ever seen it happen, like, two or three times. Yeah. And whenever that happens, I mean... I mean, you can't help but get excited, even if right. you have nothing vested in either team cause, or a defenseman. When I was in high school, uh, we had uh, one of our defensive captains. His name was Trevor, and he was a big dude. He was like 6'2", like 240. He was a big oh, wow. kid. And he took it all the way down the field, and he actually ran over one or two like littler guys <laughs> on his way to it. Yeah, and you know, you got those six-foot-long poles, so you can rip it pretty good. Yeah, I mean... Matt's always said that a uh, deep hole coming down the pipe right at you, I mean, that's one of the hardest shots to save, too. You used to seeing a shot coming from, you know, three, four feet off their body. When it's coming from six, it's a, it's a whole other plane. You know, you have to adjust to it. It's, it's definitely difficult, um, especially with a longer pull and the torque. They have a little more leverage on the shot, too. So it's, uh, when you're on the defensive side of it, it's not as exciting. It's a little nerve-wracking, but... Not to mention that when we shoot, we have no idea where the ball's going either, <laughs> so how would he know? <laughs> right. All right, so for each of you guys, let's let's start with you, Matt, first, because uh, you guys have been around for a little while. So, Matt, let me ask you, what's been the shining moment so far of your career at State? Like, what's what's the favorite thing that you've experienced as a lacrosse player here? I, I definitely think that this year, uh, not to be biased towards the season, going to Colorado and, you know, having a little adversity in the first two games, losing to BYU by one, losing to CSU by one, both top five opponents, was really difficult. And we were going into the next day against number one. And, you know, we had the scouting report. We had the meeting. We know we had the ability. We're hanging right in there. It was just a matter of bringing it all together. And from a team perspective, winning that game was definitely the most um, – adrenaline rush I've had after a game. I mean, you definitely feel your adrenaline during the game, but as soon as we won and that buzzer went out and we beat Colorado, it was just it was great because I knew everybody did what they had to do that game, and I knew that I did my best, and I was able to hold them to, um, you know, 10 goals, which was strong offensive power. It seemed like Colorado's been putting up, you know, closer to 20 in most of their games, and uh, defense was sound. Face-offs, Joe, per usual, was, was phenomenal. So there's a lot of different memories that I have especially nationals that definitely are up there beating um, actually Colorado my freshman year was was a highlight and then you know beating Stanford last year was a highlight but really just because it was a it was a team effort and we were able to get some redemption after losing last year in the Elite Eight in the second round of the national tournament we, they they gave us a good beating nine to two so to be able to come back when they've gotten better and you know with the, such a young squad was such you know a, an enjoyable moment for me an exciting moment for me because. It showed the strides we made and that we can compete with the top, that we can put it all together and make it happen. So that was probably, um, from a team perspective, my favorite moment as my career. Well, Matt kind of stole my thunder there. Talked about all three of the ones that I was kind of going to go with. But uh, I'll go with a little sleeper pick here. Uh, last year, CCLA championship game mm. against Pitt. Uh, what was it, 10-9? It was 10-9. So, um, you know, Pitt is an interesting team with us because – uh, my freshman year, Michigan was still in the MCLA, and now they're obviously they're Division One varsity. Um, so then, once they left, you know, Pitt was in our conference, and we always have had one goal, two goal games with them ever since Matt and I have been here. I mean, we won ten nine uh, in the regular season last year, going 
go back to a year before that, I think it was 9-8 or something we won. I mean, it's always one goal game with them. So they've been a good rival with us, I think. And, you know, before Davenport came into the scene, you know, as an in-state rival, Pitt's kind of been there. So, so yeah, last year, you know, um, it was just back and forth, man. High-intensity game, uh, goal, you know, not not too many goals, but, like, enough goals where it's exciting, but good defense on the same token. Um, you know, and, you know, personally, I we were on a clear, and I threw the ball. It was a little little low to um, one of our seniors last year, Gabe, and he couldn't handle it. Ball goes out of bounds, um, and that is a tie game at this point. It's 8-8. They get the ball, and they score. They go up 9-8, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, I look at the clock, there's, like, two minutes, two, two and a half minutes yeah, left, and I'm like, sure oh, I just lost this game for us. And at that time... Um, you know, it was unclear um, if our resume was good enough to be an at-large team. So we thought pretty much the only way we were going to make the national tournament was to win that game. You know, all these things are going through my head like, oh, man, we just lost this game. I threw the ball out of bounds. And, you know, luckily, I mean, let just, you know, since Coach has been here, it's always been, you know, pick you know pick each other up. Like, we'll make a mistake. Somebody else picks you up. And sure enough, you know, Joe, our All-American face-off guy, wins the face-off, goes down bangs the ball around, we get a quick goal um, from Spencer Martin. And then it's about a minute left, and uh, he wins another face-off real quick. Steve Dagenhart takes a dodge on the left, rips it, scores, you know. And then they come down, got about 15, 17 seconds left, and uh, they throw a pass to a guy that's pretty close on the crease. And our All-American last year, Seth Klickner, checks the ball out of his stick as time expires. So uh, everyone rushes the field you know jumps on each other because you know we just made it to nationals you know where two minutes ago we were like crap we might not make it to nationals so that was a great experience um you know and maybe some of those moments that matt talked about don't happen unless we win that game so that's like one of the best recaps i've ever heard of all the <laughs> in the studio wow justin what's going on over there man you're being a little quiet you got some questions for these guys uh yeah well uh Going after last season, going into the season, you guys seem to be more of a favorite. Do you think uh, that pressure has influenced you guys at all? Is it a little harder being the team that everybody aims for? I think it's a it's an interesting situation because you know we graduated a pretty heavy senior class. So before we even played a game, I think a lot of people were you know not supportive of us and actually looking at us to not be a favorite. But as soon as you know we started winning games and, and beating. Um, you know, Colorado on our trip and a few other ranked opponents, I definitely believe that, you know, kind of lens shifted to where, okay, Michigan State, you know, we're in the top five now, definitely a favorite team. Um, that being said, I think because we came from the bottom and, you know, kind of had some adversity along the way as far as um, the skepticism in the media and, you know, what different coaches around the league thought kept our, you know, our focus completely, you know, on the next game in front of us, like we talked about earlier. And, like Mike said, with you know learning the, the lesson with Simon Frazier, although you know it's great to be number four, it's great to be number five. We know that slipping one game is going to drop us in the polls. And when you look at Boston College; that was number four prior to us being number four. They lost to Northeastern by one goal, and you know Northeastern's a pretty competitive team, and they dropped immediately. I mean, out of the top five, and and even towards more towards ten. So for us, we know that. Yeah, there's some pressure. We've really never, at least in my time being here, have, have had this success and been ranked so high and been the favorite. That being said, we know any um, mistake or uh, mishap in a game is, is going to lead us to drop a lot. So, you know, although we're the favorite now, we weren't before. So I think 
that on top of knowing that one slip is gonna is gonna cost us really keeps us focused and tries to keep us you know really focused on the field and not necessarily what's being talked about when we're off the field. Yeah, piggybacking off what Matt said, uh, you know we lost a good amount of people and you bring in eighteen freshmen and you know you're not sure you're really not sure uh, how how it's gonna play out. I mean, I mean Matt and I last year had a very comfortable defensive situation i mean two two guys last year were both all americans i mean and and it was my first year starting last year it just allowed me to you know really ease into it um as a player you know not have to worry about too many things except playing my game and with those guys gone you know you lose d middies you lost a lot of o middies you lost i mean just a lot of guys so at the beginning you know, I think even us as players were kind of asking questions, you know, where are we, like, how, how competitive are we? Um, and then, you know, Colorado trip happened, and, you know, after that, you know, man, we just, we beat the number one team in the nation. Like, you know, for all the people that said, oh, they've lost so much, you know, we are, we're right there. You know, we are one of these top echelon programs, and, you know, now it's like people realize, and there there is a bullseye, there's a target on you, and coaches um, – preach to us that you know every time a team comes in they're going to give you they're going to give Michigan State their best shot because they get a resume building win like that against number four team in the nation you know that could boost them to go to the tournament um so it is a little bit different you know when I was here as a freshman we were always um like Michigan was always you know the big man on campus around around this part so we were kind of had that underdog mentality which I think sometimes is easier to play because, you know, you feel like you got nothing to lose. You're trying, you know, you're just trying to scrap and fight for whatever you can get. And now, you know, being top four team in the nation, you know, there there's no hiding anymore. You know, people know you beat Colorado. People, people know that uh, you're a great team. So they're going to give you your best shot every day. And, you know, we have to stay up because, you know, it only takes one, you know, any given day, you know, anyone can beat anybody in this league and, um, I think that's a a great thing about um, the MCLA and the growth of lacrosse is that, you know, with this parody that's been going back and forth, just showing the growth of the game. Um, so I think, but I think we've really embraced the uh, the favorite role and, uh, you know, just trying to consistent consistently be at the top of our game. And to be consistent, I think a lot of it comes down to leading by example. So having so many young guys having our returning All-Americans, having you know the captains be able to not only lead in, in a huddle, but also on the field, you know, when it matters, are you able to, you know, handle it, knowing that if you mess up and if you miss that shot, you know, you might lose the game. If you lose the game, reflect the rankings, maybe you don't make it in the tournament. So leading by example, whether it's before, during warm-ups, when you need to focus on the bus, when you have your headphones in, you're really just trying to dial it in, really leading by example, um, I mean, it has been the, the biggest thing to you know help our younger guys realize how we need to play every day in that mentality we need to have to stay the favorite with such a young team how do you prepare the young guys for pressure games like that because they might not have never have been in a situation like that i think coach's favorite saving is uh favorite saying is big players make big plays in big games and i'm sure he said that in multiple interviews but uh (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. I mean, there are younger guys that have stepped up, and I mean, I can think of um, even looking back to last game. Mike and I were talking about it. You know, Mike Popolik, this, this freshman that didn't play, um, the entire game came in for a, a man down situation. One of our poles went out, 
and you know made one of the best plays of the game in order to shift the momentum and, and get us in the right direction to score and for defensive stops. So really, you know, knowing that the, the upperclassmen have to do their part, but knowing that we've prepared the younger guys as much as possible with you know a long fall ball season, um, you know a very rigorous spring season, practicing five times a week, and then you know having a, a walk through the day before a game. Sometimes we're playing two games in a weekend, so we're playing you know really 21 days straight without putting on the pads. And um, really, it's it's hard to prepare those younger guys for the games they obviously haven't played in. But that being said. Um, you know, we're, we're preparing them against the best kids on our team so they can, you know, when they play against the other top programs, they know that they have the ability to do it and just have to look within to find that confidence. Because really that's what it comes down to as a younger guy. Um, you know, I, for instance, looking back on, on my career, uh, my freshman year, I split time, and, and going into my sophomore year it was really a mentality thing. I mean, that goes for all of goalie. And you need to be able to stay calm in situations where you get scored on or you need to be able to um, – you know, lead your team efficiently and know that you have the ability to do it. So to prep those younger guys in practice, but also give them that confidence and, and that support to know they can do it was successful for me and has been successful for uh, the younger guys this year. So I think that's that's definitely something that's helped out. An interesting stat our uh, assistant coach brought up to us yesterday is uh, we've played 11 games so far, and in seven of those games, everyone on our roster has got in. Um, so... I mean, that's remarkable. I, I mean, my first year here, I think, um, I mean, when I was injured when I was a freshman, so, but um, I know, like, other classmates of mine, you know, they got in one, two, maybe three games at most. So you're getting that much experience, you know, playing in over half the games. Um, you you kind of become less of a freshman, if that makes sense. I mean, they talk about it during NCAA basketball tournament time. You know, when they got a freshman playing in the Sweet 16, you know, oh, you're not a freshman anymore. You've played enough games where you got this experience. You're basically a sophomore. And it might not be to that extent because there obviously aren't as many games. But um, I think the ability for, you know, ones and twos to get it done, um, to get those guys' experience has been huge this year. Um, and, you know, once they get a taste, you know, once you once you get a feel of what the game is like, four, five, six games, you know, you're you're comfortable. It's it's really those first few games where, man, this is fast. You know, everything's going crazy back and forth. Um, but once you really get a taste and you, you get long extended periods, because, I mean, there's been several games where, um, you know, our freshmen have got to play a, a whole half, um, and that's huge. Because then, you know, then we can put them in in situational things or we can do different sub packages where, you know, that we're not subbing everyone in with them. So we still have leaders on the field that can help direct them. Um, so just their experience of actually gameplay has, you know, um, accelerated their their learning curve, basically. And that being said, I definitely think there's almost a, a layering process to it. So, I mean, Coach did a really great job making our schedule this year for, you know, on, on multiple factors, one being the weather. You could see we traveled a lot at the beginning. Now we're home. Well, it's finally nice. But... Also, you know, kind of a strategy of getting us three scrimmages right off the bat. I mean, in, in the in the spring we had University of Detroit Mercy, an NCAA D1 team, um, which I know they had games before, um, you know, the previous few days against Notre Dame's varsity team and, and whatnot. So they, you know, we're playing their, their twos and threes and fours primarily, but for us to go out there and know we can run with them, I mean, we kept it within four goals, eight to four is pretty, um, pretty impressive when you look at NCAA teams playing D1 teams. I know... Colorado State and played Denver, and there were a few other teams that were able to 
um, have that benefit to play against this top tier. I mean, Detroit Mercy and Denver both made the tournament last year. So for for NCAA, so I think that was a great start for us um, and for the younger guys who were out there, kind of with eyes really big. Really, you know, not only is this my first MCLA game, this is my first time against an NCAA opponent. Um, and then leading into that, we had, you know, a conference game against Central, then Indiana. It was a layering process where, okay, you know, I get my feet wet here, comfortable playing, all right, the next game, I'm playing again, been here before. You know, we play Colorado to where they've already had multiple games under their belt. Really, like Mike said, that, that kind of gave them, you know, the confidence that they needed to perform. All right, I got two more questions for you guys, and then we'll have to call it a day. So my first question is, has Michigan State Lacrosse played its best game yet this season? I would say no. Uh I think um it's a good question. I think Colorado was about as close to a uh the best game you could play in terms of I mean just all around, you know, 11-10, like 10 is 10 goals is like a great benchmark in the game of lacrosse. You hold a team under 10, you're doing a pretty good job. You score over 10, you're doing a pretty good job. Um, that being said, you know, uh, with Coach being a very defensive-minded person, uh, he always says 7 or 6 he wants us to hold him to, you know. And, you know, rightfully so. I like being challenged and having a high bar set for us. But, you know, when you play those number one teams, those top echelon teams, sometimes that's just not going to happen because they have great players, you know. I mean, and, you know, you you can do as much as you, you can sometimes, and, you know, they're still going to find a way to score. Um, but I do think that we didn't sustain that game throughout the entire thing because with four or five minutes ago, it was 11-7. to seven. So we had a four-goal lead with about five minutes left to play. Um, and you, as a defense, you know, we would have liked to hold them there, you know, maybe give up one in a desperation, but still win by three com- a little more comfortably than them having a shot at the end that, you know, went six feet wide of the cage. But um, I think I think we have gotten to a point where, you know, we've put in, we have put four quarters together, like Minnesota Duluth, I feel like from start to finish that game, we were kind of very consistent, you know, it was methodical, it was slow, it was, you know, we just did it. We didn't, like, explode with the goals, but, you know, it, it never really felt like they were close in that game. We were in control the whole way. I think to tag on to what Mike said, Colorado was our best game at that point in the season. So a lot of things went right, some things we could fix, um, especially, you know, where we're playing now and the strides that we've made. So I definitely think to that point in time, that was hands down our, our best game of the season. But now that we've progressed and, you know, learned lessons through different games and, you know, had underclassmen take big strides as they continue to get familiar with the field time, I think as of right now that wasn't our best game and our, has, our best game has not been played. Um, just because those factors alone that Colorado was great, it was, it was great for us, it was a great lesson to show that we can do it. And Mike said we had a few flaws, but really I think uh, the nation's yet to see four full quarters, both sides of the ball and at the dot of uh, Michigan State lacrosse. I think it's important to keep improving as the season goes on, not only because it gives more teams more to watch for for you guys, excuse me, because if you do play your best game, then you know they can plan for it, whereas if you still got that little bit of unknown, then that gives you a little bit of an edge. So my last question for you guys is tell me about the 5K that you're running this Sunday. What's that all about? Sure. So 
coming into the year, we knew it was going to be very expensive with Colorado, California. We knew that there are different ways that we need to add financing. We always typically give back to the community in one way or another. Um, this year specifically, one of the ideas that we had from Coach Schwinn's era at Wittenberg, an NCAA Division three program, was a sponsored run. So essentially how it works is we write out letters to in the 10 to 15 um, family, friends, uh, you know, any, anybody that knows us well enough and, and wants to know more about our story and know that we're giving back and, and care about that. We wrote those letters out to let them know that we're going to be running for a particular cause. I believe we picked Wounded War was, was what yep. we went with. Really, you know, it, it was great for us for two reasons, and, you know, we're looking forward to doing the run. One, because, you know, we were able to see the support that we had from, um, you know, parents and, and family that are willing to, you know, give us some of their, their hard-earned money to give some towards Wounded Warriors, some towards us, um, and really, you know, just to be able to, to donate to a great cause like Wounded Warrior, and that's typically a cause we've been giving to the past couple of years. So it was really a win-win situation for us, too. Um, you know, the run isn't necessarily what I mean by a sponsored run. We're not having people join us. Um, that being said, we have a, a, a route mapped out on campus. We've run it multiple times during our off-season training where we were running at, you know, 6 in the morning to, to keep everybody's legs underneath them, so we're very familiar with the route. Um, really, it was to, you know, take pictures and let people know that we're doing it and that we really care about the cause and, and, and what they're going towards. So although it's not a race, um, you know, maybe something we might want to look into the future, it's really just a support thing, people supporting us and a great cause. You know, I think the thing, um, when you become a program that people look to and people see um, kind of on a national stage, uh, you want you don't just want to be known for your play on the field. You want to be known um, for being involved in the community. And, um I feel like we previously to Coach Schwinn, we kind of had been lacking in that area. And, you know, he, you know, coming from an NCAA background, you know, I, I'm not sure of all the particulars, but I'm sure Wittenberg had things that they did for the community through charity work, things of that nature. Um, so he really brought that into us, and I, I'm such a huge supporter. I, we did things in high school for the Wounded Warrior, so I'm very familiar with it. Um just the fact that, you know, we can give back to the community. And um, Wounded Warrior, I don't know if you guys know too much about it, but it was it was a um, lacrosse player that uh, went and served in the military and gave his life for this country. So um, just that in general is, you know, huge, you know, because it, it's representing your sport uh, on such a high level that, I mean, you know, we just feel obligated to, to give back. And um, moving forward, you know, this, this program uh, – I really like the fact that it's going to be, you know, a beacon to show that, you know, Michigan State lacrosse is here not just to play on the field, but to also better the greater Lansing and Michigan community of the state of Michigan. So, I did not know that uh, it was a lacrosse player. So that's that's great. I mean, all the stuff that you guys have done, your work in Colorado, and now this with Wounded Warrior. I mean, I think that's that's awesome. I was telling Charlie Dever, I don't know if. I mean, other than the varsity teams here going to hospitals, I really don't know of a whole lot of other community service stuff that D1 programs do, which is great. So I think that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for coming in, Matt and Mike. Hey, so no, you have you. you have Saturday, tomorrow. You have uh, Davenport at 7 o'clock at Ralph Young Field. Yep. Hope. And then what time are you running the 5K on Sunday? Uh, I think we're going at 10 or something. Yeah, it's yeah, a little late, late morning. 10 a.m.? Mm-hmm. And then where are you guys starting at? 
I think we're going to start at the field. Yeah, is the plan right by the stadium at Ralph Young Field? Go mm-hmm. through, go through campus, and then back there. All right. So tomorrow, face off, seven o'clock at Ralph Young against Davenport, and then next morning, ten a.m. You got that five k run. So good luck tomorrow, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, so much. thanks for having us. That was fun, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. It was a good time. Guys are naturals. <laughs> I have to ask you that many questions. He likes to talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the way it should be, though. We're business majors. Right. No blood. <laughs>